Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. Today I got my two, well not my two, two of my favorite OGs. We're missing one today, Jason Hewlett and Kenneth Scott. Jason, how you doing? I'm good guys, good to see you. Good to see you too. Okay, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good, man. Wrapped up my last class last week, uh, so now I can just focus straight on this new curriculum. So everything is all well, can't complain. All right, L- like that dad gang hat you're rocking you there, see- man. Yeah, rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I like how you spell football because that's how I used to spell it until I realized I was spelling it wrong. Um, FTBL. <laughs> no ball, no vowels. Yep. Well, let's jump let's jump right into it because um I got a question that I've been sitting on for a little bit from uh, an assembly I did about a month ago. And this question is very simple and very basic. It comes from a teenager, but I think it's a perfect segue to me talking about something that happened yesterday that was really cool. So the question is. How did you know? So the teenager was talking to me because obviously when we do assemblies, I talk a little bit about my high school uh, class that I created and, you know, what I did with quit tripping for all those years that you guys all know about. And, you know, just just putting together kids in social health support groups instead of mental health support groups. And so this this kid asked the questions like, hey, how did you know putting a bunch of kids together in a room that didn't know each other like strangers you know, if done right, that that could cause them to all be friends or at least not hate each other and and criticize each other less. So I want to answer that question um, with very basic. I didn't know that would work exactly. I knew that when I was a therapist and I had a bunch of kids that um, were mandated to be in a therapy group, like for example, when I work at a when I worked at the psychiatric hospital uh, in San Diego, I, I knew that when I put them in a group together even if they didn't want to be in the group is if I was able to get one or two kids to talk about some deep, real personal stuff, it would capture the attention and the curiosity of the more quiet shut off kids. And even if they didn't say anything, you could tell, like, imagine like a kid, if, if you can't see this right now, um, cause the only way you can see these episodes, if you uh, join our OG therapy, Patreon channel, which is just yes. five bucks, but you know, a little selfish plug for that. Um, but imagine a teenager with its head down, hat in front of its face, or it, his face, her face, whoever it may be. And then all of a sudden they hear another teenager talking about something really deep personal that they can relate to, that they're struggling with. And you see them kind of just slowly kind of like tilt their head a little to the side to kind of like look underneath the brim of the hat. They're kind of just kind of sneaking a peek like they're really curious. Mm-hmm. I saw it happening over and over again. But just like the story goes of how I, I started Quit Trip and Support Groups. I knew that having it underneath the label of mental health and I knew the stigmas that came with it and I knew the money it cost. These were all barriers to entry for not just teenagers to want to go to these types of groups, but also for parents to want to participate in because it would cost them money. Uh, There's just a lot of uh, hoops to jump through. So eventually we created these support groups, tested out for 11 years and, you know, turned into a nonprofit organization. And then I was like, you know, I wonder if I could do this in high school. Well, Harriman High School, as many of our long-term listeners know, reached out to me after one of these podcasts and 
and asked me if I could, you know, take what I, I, I basically had already created the outline of the curriculum and put all the basics together. They said, Hey, could you custom fit it for our needs? They told us what their needs were. Then we started in 2020 of August during the pandemic with face masks and cell phones for kids to hide behind. And I was tasked to teach this to all the sophomores coming into the high school to change the culture of the entire high school that had the biggest, you know, shadow looming over it from 2017 when they lost seven kids in that community to suicide. And it was not an easy task, but the kids found out really quickly in the very first quarter when I started doing this, the kids found out really quickly something that I knew every single week for 11 years and we just kind of convolved, uh, uh, like uh, con, not conformed. Um, we just kind of gathered all these people together, put them um, together, and had them talk about topics that they're interested in. All these kids in the first uh, quarter of me teaching it, they had the same experience, but it was in school with classmates, with kids that they knew, but they really didn't know. They might have went to high school or junior high school with them, might have went to middle school with them. Or if the kid was new, like a lot of these kids were basically strangers. Even if they were friends, they didn't really know each other on a deep level. But they found out really quickly that they have so much in common. The stage and the environment just has to be set just right. And so we did that again yesterday. And that was, I can't remember. I mean, we've done it so many times now and over the course of, you know, four years, going on four years now at Harriman High School. But yesterday was always, or yesterday was another big shock to me how effective it works. Have you guys ever had something that it's you feel like, you know, magic because you can do something that other people are like, wait, what did you did? How did you just pull that magic trick over us? Like we thought you were going to do this. Turns out you did something totally different. And I was fortunate because I had a, a high school here in Utah that is also doing my curriculum. They wanted to see me do it themselves. And so the vice principal and the teacher who teaches the class, they came up and witnessed it. The students after the class was done, after we did the, the midterm, they were in shock and awe. So we went, out, went around for about 10 minutes just like talking about, I just asked them a simple question. I'm like, hey, do you think this is good? And do you think this is helpful for teenagers? And what did you guys you know, experience today? And also, finally, do you think the teenagers of our nation could benefit from something like this in school? Oh, my gosh, you guys. The hands went up. They're like, wow, like I didn't know that other people in class were going through this. One girl was brave and admitted. She goes, I'll be honest, you know, when I first came to class, I looked at some of you and based upon the way you look or dress, I, I judged you and I thought, well, I could never be friends with this person. And she said, I've been quiet the whole entire time because I was kind of just, you know, not thinking there's connection. Mm. However, she acknowledged she was wrong. In fact, she realized, in fact, I think she started to realize. She said, I don't know 100% if this is true, but I think it might be true. I think actually I was doing that to judge people to kind of protect myself from having to try to make friends, getting disappointed and people not liking me. Mm. Another, uh, another young man, um, he came out to the whole entire class um, that he's gay and he admitted that he's, he's struggling um, with, uh, and by the way, I have lots of students in my classes. I mean, there's way too many for anyone in this podcast to even know possibly right. I'm not breaking any sort of confidentiality whatsoever. Um, and, and, and when he said it, no one in the class had judgment criticism, but he was more worried about family members and friends um, because he came out recently um, in, on social media. And yeah, so it's not a secret, right? It's, it's he's completely outside and I didn't out him by the, I should acknowledge that he's already been out there, 
but he just kind of talked about how it didn't go the way he'd hoped it and want it. And it's caused a lot of problems in his family mm. and um, just the support that he got. But he said something very interesting. He said, Mr. Cause goes, I realized this whole entire quarter, you've been kind of setting up for this. He goes, his exact words is this was so powerful today because we all earned this. Mm. And I remember I was looking at him like, you earned this. What do you mean? He said, well, you know, every week, you know, we come in here, we, we have a game day. So I teach them lessons, but then we have a game day. And in that game day, they're playing Uno, but the Uno cards are like, you know, eight inches, 10 inches tall, Jenga, but the Jenga is like five, six feet tall. They're playing cornhole. He goes, every single game day, we just sat here, we played next to each other. And at first it was awkward, but eventually we just started to break down these differences and barriers and started to get to know each other. And so today, this was something that we earned. Like we trusted each other. We knew that the people in this class were actually cool. There wasn't one person in this class that I thought if I admitted that, you know, I was gay, I already knew not one person would judge me. And he goes, I'm looking around the room, everybody, just their facial expression, their body language for an hour and a half of the class, not one single teenager checked their phone. Mm. One and a half hours. That is undeniably noticeable by teenagers. They even were like, this is weird that none of us checked our phone because everybody knew there was nothing on your phone more interesting than what was happening right there in real time and in real life. They all had their own like versions of describing why they thought it was good. I loved what they all said about, um, and this was, I mean, we did this for like over 70 kids. I mean, mm -hmm. in two different classes. I loved how they talked about, they thought other schools and every school in the country should do this because you just get closer to people, but you don't get close to them in a weird, awkward way. It's not like you just put, you know, 35 strangers together and said, okay, tell your deepest, darkest secrets to each other. In fact, people didn't really tell deep, dark secrets. They would just say one sentence. And just hearing that one sentence and seeing how difficult it was for a teenager to say that, other teenagers' brains were like, that is not fake. This is not social media. That kid was really not wanting to say it but something inside of that, that student felt that they had to. One example of this, and then, then I want your guys' feedback. Uh, one example of this is um, we, I, I don't want to give away what the questions are because, you know, this is a right. curriculum that I'm growing and I want other people to, uh, <laughs> I, I want to keep that a little close to the chest, right. but they're very simple questions, very basic. So it's not, it's kind of unassuming, but one of the girls, this is all she said. She said, I wish, my entire childhood was different. Mm. And the way she said it, the look on her face, how it was like there was just a moment of reverence where you could have heard a pin drop and she had her head down. And this is a girl who's smiling, bubbly. She has all this attractiveness about her nature. She's kind to other students in the class. I mean, for her to just sit there and just like that one sentence felt like it took her a minute to say. Everyone was like, they knew something, even though they didn't know the details of what that thing, what it was. Another student said, I wish I didn't have to leave my, my country and come here and be away from my, my family. My family wanted me to have a good future, but they stayed back behind. And I, I wish, I wish I could bring them with me. This is a sophomore in class. I'm like, no wonder this kid answers all the questions is the first one to finish the homework assignments. This kid's like, I'm not trying to waste my time away from my family. Like this kid is taking it serious. Kids came from a South American country that does not have a lot going for it. And it's his family saved money just to get him over here. Cause they have family over here in Utah and come to live with family and have the family take custody and stuff. And it was one of those moments where the whole entire class were like, we need to, we need to give some admiration to this young man. 
Like mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that they had no idea that he was living a life of an adult at 15 years old, making food for his little siblings, taking care of things. Now, you know, people open up about anxieties, people open up about different things, but you know, I just you guys have seen, you know, the the power and effect of in your own personal lives with friends, family members. And, you know, Kenneth, you'd come to the quit tripping groups. What do you, I'm just curious to think, what do you guys think about the, these kids reactions? Well, first, before we get into that, I kind of want to ask a question back to you, you know, the listeners listening in, I'm sure there's going to be kids. I'm sure there's going to be parents listening to, to all the examples and the stories that you shared. And you mentioned a couple of things that was really important. They said the kids wanted this and the kids said, how can everybody get this into their curriculum so i want to point the question back to you if there is a kid that's listening to this and also if there's a parent listening to this how can we get this implemented into their schools so that we can start affecting more people at a more scalable rate you know ken i i wish i had a really good answer for that (laughs) i i I don't i i can tell you one thing i i'm not doing a good job at that Mm. i'm it's I said, like, you know, like when you feel like you have a magic trick, right? So the administrators from another high school, they came up and afterwards their jaws were dropped. They're like, this is, I can't believe I just witnessed this. And it was so subtle. It was so simple. It wasn't therapy. It wasn't anything along those lines. And, and, uh, the, I, I, <clears throat> I'm assuming I could be wrong that there's certain stories out there of really amazing things that that transpired and took place that can really help out communities and and states and societies and just things that had to start as most people refer to it from the from the ground up like a grassroots approach uh i know what what we created for harriman high school it, it was created out of their pain it was created out of hey we have a serious problem in our community and what we've been doing in the past to address the problem doesn't even scratch the surface. So we got to approach the problem from a completely different angle. Um, as I've said many times on this podcast, famous quote from Albert Einstein, there's no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that had created it. Mm-hmm. So Harriman High School, they reached outside of their 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 network to a person like me. I was not an educator. I, I was not a person making high school curriculums. I, I had no intention to make a business to make high school curriculums. But the best way I could answer that specific part of the question is we could talk about it right now through the kids through parents the kids all left there convinced i mean i've convinced thousands of teenagers that this is legit when i said convince it i just put them in the put them in the environment and they came out of it um yeah that's i i don't really have a good answer to that i mean i have some things like i got my book coming out hopefully sooner than later that just my argument about why I think we need this type of class and not just my version of it. I think my version is just the first iteration of it and why we need social health as a key component. But I really don't know, Kenneth. I, I really don't know. I mean, I've been working at this a long time. I guess my biggest issue is that I'm not trying to make it into a thing. I'm trying, I'm like trying to nudge it so it grows into the thing, but at some point I may have to do some marketing or <laughs> try to like get people to know about it. <laughs> Cause I think, I think it really is a shame that, this little thing we've been doing here, every administrator, every person, every teenager that's a part of it, and every parent that knows what we're doing, they see what's happening. They know it works. They're screaming from the rooftops. It just, um, I think it's going to have to take something, just some luck, to be totally honest with you. Well, well I, I have an I, answer for you. I, yeah, please, Jason, please tell me, because obviously uh, I'm rambling on like an idiot. <laughs> no, you're not. 
Okay. I believe it was 2019, maybe 2018. I got a message from a very concerned friend. He's from Tennessee. And he said, have you heard about this stat? He said, there's a school in your area, because I know you live in Utah. He said, and, and there have been all of these you know, suicides. And it's this tragic thing that I just read in a national newspaper. He said, Harriman High School. Have you heard of that school? And I said, yeah, that's where my kids are going to go. And he was like terrified on my behalf. And then I was terrified thinking, maybe this is a bad idea. Now, let me just come to the rescue for you, David, and for our listeners. And for Kay Scott's question, I believe that the reason I am here is because I get to be a parent who has had children affected by you, you know, and I get to testify for everyone that's listening that David, your work is so important. It's so real. It is the answer to creating something of sustainability for every single school in the United States. And the sooner we can get this out to everyone and their parents and their friends and the administration and the school boards, I would, I would ask everybody that listens to this podcast to go and tell your administration at your kid's school, you absolutely have to learn of and listen to not only this podcast, but also the work of David Kozlowski. Now, the people that have not taken advantage of that yet are learning of it, and they're starting to have it implemented at schools throughout the country already. Universities are accepting it. But in, in my estimation, David, what you have here is absolutely a magic trick. And we're so thankful that you have come along to sacrifice your time, your talents, and everything else that you do, have done as a marriage and family therapist to create a curriculum that now brings teens together who didn't even know they wanted to be, who's created a culture at Harriman High School, not alone, but with other people coming aboard, and you have affected us in such a great way. I have had a child in your class for the last three years straight. I'm one of the rare ones that gets to have a kid in high school as a senior, junior, and sophomore this year. My sophomore is in your class right now, and I'm just telling you, man, what you have created is so wonderful and powerful. I stand as a parent who is proclaiming it to everyone I possibly can share it with, and it is on my mission list to get this into every school possible. So I would, I would admonish everyone that listens to this to say, I want to help save the children of America. I want to help with the social health challenge and the mental health issue that is rampant in a pandemic absolutely among us. It's an epidemic. And this is the solution. It absolutely is. It's up to us to share it, though, because David is too shy or too busy or you name it. He's still trying to get his book done because he's so busy trying to make it perfect. And I keep telling him, dude, Let's just finish this book and get it out to the world because it's so important that everyone gets this. So I'm just going to put you in your place for a minute, my friend, and tell you, 
I'm your ultimate promoter and I would admonish anyone else to be your promoter. And it's not necessarily to build you up as like some, you know, kind of greater than anyone else guy. But what you have created is the ultimate servant leadership. You are the ultimate person to keep a promise to the world to do, do something about the issue. I'm now very proud that my kids go to Harriman High School. I feel that they are safe. I feel that there is a culture and a community of love and of social health there. I think it's been transformed by your work. And I hope that you can accept that. And I hope that everyone listening will share that with the world and share it with the people that matter to them. Man, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, first of all, th- thank you. Cause I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, man. When, when, when you're building something because you have like this big vision, like, Oh, by the way, I just want to give a public apology to my wife for marrying a dreamer. Cause man, <laughs> luckily my wife likes to work five jobs. Cause uh, <laughs> luckily she's a hustler. Cause, cause my dreams uh, haven't paid quite yet. I mean, they're, they're, they're on the two. I told her someday I'll get paid for, I always tell people I got seven jobs, five of them pay me money. The other yeah. ones I'm like, just crossing my fingers, right? Keeping yep. it. But I, I th- thanks for that, J- Jason. Um, one thing that you're talking about that I just want to share. Um, I think the magic trick and when people see it, when they experience it, it's very real, is that it brings us back to our ancestors. Mm-hmm. It brings us back to our roots. Yep. We're putting kids together. We're making our own tribe because a lot of these kids, they don't understand what a tribe really is. A lot of them, their social groups, they're, they're, they're really predicated upon clout, upon popularity, upon things that just don't matter in life. Right? Like they, they just don't matter. Um, I, I, I know, uh, I know Dion Sanders, the, the football coach has been a little bit of a controversial figure. People love him or hate him recently, but he said something a couple weeks ago on, and I'm bringing this up because I had the same injury. One of his wide receivers, um, obtained a, a lacerated liver in a, in a hit in a game. And the kid who hit his liver or hit him and hurt his liver was receiving death threats from, uh, just people online, his family, him. And Deion Sanders publicly said something that, that I, I just I try to convey to all teenagers. He said, he goes, this is a kid, man. Like, don't be giving him death threats. If you want to give anyone death threats, give me death threats. He said, don't give a kid death threats. Like, this is a game. At the end of the day, it's just a game. It's just a game. This is not real life. This is entertainment. This is a game. Do we take it seriously? Yes. Do we... We put lots of money and stuff like that. Yes, because human beings love to be distracted from their life, but it's just a game. This is not real. And that's the same thing with with a lot of uh, social relationships for teenagers. As important as they are, I just try to remind them that's not real connection when you're communicating through a message app. That's not real connection when you make a, a cool reel and people like it and you have a million followers on TikTok. That's cool. That's entertaining. That's all those things, but that is not real. You put 35 kids in a classroom and you tell them, hey, you guys, you guys are ready for this. You guys can save our nation. You guys can save your families. You guys can save our communities. If, it, if anything is going to be good happening in our country in the future, it's going to be on their shoulders, not on the shoulders of the current generations, because I think we've proven that we're inept, that, that we're not capable of it. Like We can't work out our civil discourses. 
I think a lot of uh, the older generations, a lot of ways that things are being ran, and I'm not picking a side, right, left, or whatever. I think the the just controversy, the combative energy, um, the the pettiness, the, the 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 tribalism, all these things. That's not who we are as our roots. But those kids, what we're doing with this class, we're taking them back to the old school. We're sitting them around each other. We're getting them to hang out with each other, play with each other, break bread with each other. I feed these kids nonstop in these classes because food is a great social lubricant, right? Like you give people food, next thing you know, they're, they're talking, they're hanging out. Oh, that's some good barbecue. Dang, I kind of like you after all, right? <laughs> I didn't know I was going to like you, but man, that, that really yep. tasted good. And then when they have these moments, one of the girls said, I was so, so touched my heart. She said, because she's really quiet, I asked her, what did you think about this? Because she was raising her hand. I go, what do you think? She goes, well, I think this is one of the moments I'll never forget from high school. It's like, wow, so this is worth remembering. And all the kids patted their heart twice. See, what we do in the group is when someone's talking and saying something really deep and personal, most kids would be quiet and wouldn't say anything, even if they could relate to the person. But if you don't say something to someone, when someone says something really personal and intimate and sincere and they make themselves vulnerable, if everybody goes crickets and silence, they're all just staring awkwardly at the kid, you just told that kid, note to self, don't ever open up and be vulnerable again. It's bad. It's wrong. But in the class, people start patting their heart twice, letting that kid know one for me, one for you. Like, I got you. I feel you. Keep going. Kids could say something funny in, in, in the midterm to kind of break up the monotony. Everybody can start patting, patting their heart. Like one kid's like, yeah, I wish, uh, I, I wish my, my nose was different. And everybody's like, your nose is different. Like this is nothing wrong with this kid's nose. This kid just like had an insecurity about, you know, about his nose. And we go, really? Why do you wish your nose is different? He's like, I wish my, so I wish my nose didn't look like a ski slope. And everybody started busting up laughing <laughs> and nobody thought that we weren't laughing at him. We we're laughing with him. But it was interesting to see how then other kids raise their hand. Well, I don't like my hairline. I don't like my eyebrows. I wish I was shorter. I wish I was taller. I wish I was a baller. Baller. Girl like a collar, right? But they were just saying the stuff as soon as they heard everybody open up about like little petty insecurities. Oh, they were just like sitting up in their chairs like, oh, I wish I didn't make this weird snort when I laugh. <laughs> and everybody was like cracking up, but not mocking each other. We were lighthearted laughing. What do you think happened in a tribe of warriors after a battle it's the talks it's the laughter yep. it's like you're crying over the death of a loved one and you're laughing at how you like you went through something hard and then you're laughing about how you you, you know this didn't go well but then you're crying that you miss your family think mm -hmm. about the, the women that were supporting the tribe when the when the men were off to war with the kids and they're making blankets and cooking food and and they're crying and laughing human beings have this nice ebb and flow between hurt pain and humor mm -hmm. and somewhere in between there is where we make those bonds but if we're only pointing out if we're teaching our kids to notice all the differences and the differences define us then we're just going to continue to 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 create young people more and more that are trained to see what you don't have in common versus the things and talents and attributes that could help you guys survive through this thing called life. So I think that's what the magic of the trick is of the class is we went back to our ancestors. We just started to just hang out and just talk to each other and learn about why you can't do it alone, why you need families. Humans are the only animals that need to be raised past their adolescence. Man, that's great. Uh, that was my thought.
that's crazy thing about it. Well, well said, my friend. And I do hope that those that are listening will think to themselves, I need to share what David Kozlowski is teaching because it's going to help so many kids throughout the, this great fine country of ours. And it's up to the parents to do it, to tell the educators about it. And when they do that, my question for you, David, is where do they send them? Um, well, uh, we have a, a website. Um, you can hit it up. You can reach out to me. Either reach out to Kirsty K I R S T Y at socialhealthcurriculum.com. Um, she, she handles most of that stuff for me, but mine is also David at socialhealthcurriculum.com. Um, and just go to the website socialhealthcurriculum.com. Uh, there's testimonial videos from from real life teenagers about how the class just completely flipped their mindset and like they made friends just just listen to kids you know videos on there they, they they tell it so much better than me um you know one thing i just want to add jason i i realized that i've been trying to fight a broken heart jason you know like you know we, we went and spoke to i mean at least a few hundred you know principals in high school here in the state of utah spoken to administrators spoken to people every time i speak to people they seem to get it. They seem like, oh my gosh, this is just amazing. This is what we need. But if you've ever seen the Social Dilemma documentary on YouTube, there's the the guy that um, the head guy of the documentary. His name's Tristan Harris. He um he was talking about how like when he was working for Google, he was noticing that nobody was trying to to make the the platform less addictive. No one was caring about how we how they were manipulating people to stay on the platform and stuff like that. And it was just like the competitive nature, just trying to make it more effective and make more money. They weren't even considering as this is even good for people, especially for kids. So he put out this big presentation, put it out to Google and just press send. Everybody was talking about it. Larry Page, the owner of Google got to his office and it was this big buzz. And he, he even did this cartoon version. He was like, I thought I was starting a revolution. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. I've been noticing how my kids are addicted to this, this and that. And then all of a sudden, he shows a cartoon of everybody like talking and then all of a sudden it just went blank. And then all of a sudden everybody just started looking at their phone and he goes, and then nothing. I've been trying not to get heartbroken because I have all the validation from the parents and specifically from the teenagers. When I talk to people about it, everyone gets it. Everyone says, yeah, this is so amazing what we need. And then everybody just goes back to just their normal day life. And luckily for me, a few high schools here in the state of Utah and on the West coast have showed serious interest in it. And so we're taking it one step at a time, but I agree with you, Jason. It's, it's probably just going to take people, you know, in the trenches, just teenagers and parents just saying, Hey, and to all the parent groups out there that um, are, are looking for curriculums to poke holes in and to criticize and to, um, and to find fault in because you've been, you feel like your kids have been hurt by curriculums and you guys have been lied to and been manipulated and, and I'm, I'm speaking not as a truth. I'm just speaking as like, if this is, if this is your experience, cause I, I haven't lived that yet. If this is something you've been through and this is something you put together a parent group and, and you've been going after curriculums, I would ask you to just email me and I'll show you mine. I'll hmm. give complete transparency. I've got nothing to hide. I, I've, I, I can show you, I can, I, there's a lot I can do because at the end of the day, my curriculum is very simple. I'm just trying to help kids make friends and have better family relationships. Now, if people want to critique my, my styles or approaches to doing that, 
well, I'm not trying to be the only the only business in town. Make your own version of a social health curriculum. I just think social health is the key. I didn't create it. I didn't invent it. The teenagers did. And that's part of the story. Go to the website, look about it if you haven't heard it. This is just something that I paid attention to. And as a therapist working with teenagers, I found out that research couldn't keep up with the problems that teenagers were having in real time. By the time their problem happened, it took too long to do the research. I had to figure out, I had to take risks. Luckily, I had brave families throughout the years that were like, hey, Dave, we've been to so many counselors, so many therapists. You're the only therapist my kid actually likes we will come talk to. Mm-hmm. Use us as an example. Just try try whatever. Because I'd say, hey, I don't know if this is going to work, but I got a good hunch about this. Let's go. We'd try it, figure out how to make it work, and then I'd just duplicate it and work with other people. And so luckily, I had people that were like, hey, our situation is so tough. And uh, we're playing with house money. And that was a situation with Harriman High School. It was such a bad situation. It was, I mean, I mean, nationwide news, Washington Journal. I mean, there was so much bad press about this that, you know, when they called me up, they said, hey, we don't want to hide behind mental health. We don't want to be shoving suicide, suicide, suicide down our kids' throats. Everybody in the community is tired of hearing about suicide. Give us something that will help us and help our kids not even get to that point. Mm. That's what we've been doing. And yeah, if, if anything that I've said makes sense today or what Jason or Kenneth has said, please, you guys just reach out. I might also just add to the brave principals that are willing to implement this into their schools. We applaud you. And to those that are still not sure how to implement it, then contact David, ask mm-hmm. him how, because yes, he's Michael Jordan on this basketball court. Let's be honest. <laughs> Yep. I mean, I've, what's that meme? I miss a lot of shots. I've only made like a couple of game winners. That's me. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think a lot of them think, oh, we have to have David there to make it work. Truth is, you you need Michael Jordan to win championship, sure. But everyone can play basketball. Mm-hmm. I think that if we're willing to implement it, if we're willing to have leaders that step up and say to themselves, I promise to do something about this in my school. David can show you how to do it, how to implement it, how to create it with the great counselors you already have. Teachers that are really bought into this concept and idea. It can transform their life and it can change a school. It has changed a community here. Why not let it change yours? That's my pitch. Yeah. One thing I'll add to that. Sorry, go ahead, Ken. I was going to say, and I've seen it firsthand where Dave literally drove out two hours at five o'clock in the morning to go teach someone how to deliver the presentation so it can be effective just how, as if he were to present it. And so that's just the dedication and the thoughtfulness and mindfulness that he has to in order for to help someone else. So I'm echoing everything Jason mentioned, echoing everything David mentioned. Just if you want to make an impact truly, you, then, you, then you're going to get into this transform, transformational curriculum for sure, without a doubt. That was fun, huh, Kenneth, when we did that? It was it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> you know, the, you know, it's crazy. So I, you know, as an observer, like I understand the information because I've seen the videos with you breaking it down. And this was actually, I think my first time seeing you in person doing it teaching. and I, teaching it, teaching it. Right. And instantly I seen it. I was like, okay, I'm implementing this into my curriculum as far as like the, the, the way you have it set up because it's so organic people like just open up fluently so like just to give everybody a background so at rice university i teach a curriculum um about critical thinking and sexuality and so david's curriculum the way he he like operates the class i was like you know what i'm gonna try that in my curriculum right i may not be teaching the same stuff but the flow and the way he he like 
inherits the class, like the participation, the engagement. I'm going to see if it'll work in this. And when I tell you, like, the kids after classes coming up to me in the class, like the participation, I'm like, what in the world? Like, when he's talking about the magic trick, I was like, holy moly, this stuff <laughs> works. Like, it, it was crazy. It was all because people were connecting with one another. Like, it don't matter what I'm teaching. Like, I, I, I just took David's principles and just put it into, like, what I'm doing, and it worked flawlessly. And so even as a curriculum, I would say as a consultant on how to deliver or present anything to where it needs connection, I would say for people to reach out to you as well um, as an additive factor. Because I think like the way just watching you, listening to you and just questioning you in regards to like how to implement my stuff better, like just that consultative factor that you provide me, I think is worth every penny too. Well, thank you, Kay. And, and you bring up a good point for any industry, for any profession, the, the real masters make it look just effortless. It's just so simple. Yeah. It's not a lot of hard work. It's not all up in the head in between the ears. It just has a flow to it, right? Like, you know, Kenneth, you being a rap artist, think of some of the greats. I mean, mm. the way they just flow, think of some of the best musicians. You're like, mm. like how are they making it look so easy? <laughs> Because they got to a certain point where it's just so it's it's they're feeling everything they're saying. There's just a way to make it happen that works so that it's not a hard thing for people to learn. Mm -hmm. It's not a hard thing for like I'm talking about a class situation. It's not a hard people. It's not hard for people to connect with the information because the information is invited into their mind. They're open to it. They're not they're not holding up any like defense mechanisms like, okay, if I say this and someone's gonna think, you know, I'm weak, or if I say this, what if I say it wrong? There's just a certain ebb and flow that you can use. And uh I, I appreciate that that um that little uh testimony that you gave about how you've been using it as well. And you know, going back to what I said, it's like going back to the roots. Um I I don't know, man, like I just didn't think it'd be right for me to make this curriculum and just sell it to people. Mm. Instead, I chose, and this is one thing I want to share. Instead, I chose to work with schools and help them build their own. Mm. I, I, I don't want someone to go, oh, I like this David guy. I'm vice principal, you know, Joe Smith, and he brings on the curriculum and then he loves it and he's going, well, then he gets moved to another high school. And then the person who takes his position was like, well, that was his thing. And I, I need to do something that puts my name on the map. I'm going to bring my own curriculum because that happens a lot. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, the, the best stuff doesn't, the cream doesn't always rise to the top. Sometimes people cut it off, go, no, no, we don't want that cream. We want a different cream. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just decided that, I mean, I do need to get paid something for have schools help me build it for them. But once I build it for you, you own it. It's your information. You can make the iterations. I just made the standards. I can show you how to be effective at it because I don't want anyone to fail. That's why we drove two hours and I taught a class for free with the school that's working and using this curriculum because I didn't want them to have to guesswork on it because nothing's going to shut down an instructor, a teacher that already doesn't get paid money. When I say get paid money, don't get paid a lot of money. Nothing's going to shut down something really good than not giving the person support. People are going to give up. They're going to tap out. They're going to go, man, like, I don't even know how to do this. I was so, so, and think about it. If someone really believes it works and then they try to teach it and they feel like they suck at it and they're failing, they're going to quit. They're not going to want to do it anymore. And I don't want teenagers to feel that way. I definitely don't want teachers to feel that way. 
So th thank you guys. I, I appreciate it. I wasn't planning on taking it in this direction today, but I'd be lying if I said that I'm not happy that you guys brought this stuff up. Cause I, like I said, I'm trying not to be heartbroken, man. Cause I've had so many, I've had so many, yeah, we like you. We'll call you. And then, you know, like they'll call, we'll email a couple times, just falls flat. I'm just a bad, like I'm bad at following up on people. Hey, you still interested? You know, maybe still my mommy abandonment issues. I'm like, fine. I guess they don't love me. You know, so don't like me. <laughs> but I realize it's not about me. It's it's about what we're doing. So I'm, I'm gonna stay in that fight. I'm not gonna tap out yet because you know we we still got a lot of work to do, and it's actually growing too. So I don't want to make it sound like it's a it's a negative thing. It's growing. It's just growing slowly. Right. We need to keep fighting for it, and I That's think right. everybody everybody that's excited about it needs to hunt you down and have you train them. And what's so amazing is like you just said, you're willing to share it with anybody. And that's what's so exciting. It reminds me of the leader in me program that Covey leadership put together years ago mm. and that they go around to schools and they do these presentations in some ways, you know, there is a lot of money spent being uh, in creating that system for different schools. However, yeah. yours is a completely different thing. And I think that you're empowering people to learn it, how to do it. They can do it themselves. That's what we're doing this podcast for, I believe. And so it's very important that people realize that. Well, thank you guys. Well, on that note, I think let's wrap up this episode. Thanks for the teenager that asked this question that sparked this conversation. And thank you out there to all the administrators and people already have showed interest. And if you're listening to this, because, um, I, I've been fortunate enough that when I go and look at who's listening to it, there's a lot of people I've actually talked to, like administrators, teachers. So then maybe they're just using it for their own personal information because we don't totally talk about the curriculum. We just talk about kids and teenagers. So if those people have heard me talk and think I wasn't full of crap and I actually am trying to help and it's working, uh, yeah, reach out again. We, I'd be happy to talk to anyone. And for those people who haven't heard this before, um, but you're hearing it now and you feel like there's an administrator or a friend or someone that you think would be interested in this information, Go ahead and forward to them. And like I said, I'd be happy to talk to anyone. And we're not trying to sell anything. We're just trying to build it so it can last a really long time. All right, you guys. Well, thank you guys for this episode. Thanks for listening as always. And this time, instead of just parents, but teachers, administrators, mm -hmm. anyone out there that has influence over teens whatsoever, whatsoever, please realize when you're struggling, when you're scratching your head, when when you're getting really good results, but just something's off and something's missing, and you're just saying, please, Allah, Buddha, Jehovah, Jesus, Heavenly Father, whatever, whatever you call your maker, your higher power, when you're saying, please, asking for help, you can also press play and listen to your OGs. Until next time.